the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Did you start pumped up for Jesus, maybe at a revival, but somewhere along the way, you just begin to pull away and, and you just begin to fade in your faith and the feelings weren't the same and you let the feelings determine what you really believed rather than letting those beliefs guide your feelings. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. What an incredible time of worship. Welcome to church. We are having church here today. Uh, Also, do me a favor and join me in welcoming those who are at our Six Mile campus, our Lake Carroll campus, others who are joining us online. Would you welcome them today? Take your copy of God's Word and turn in the book of Romans to Romans chapter 5. We're going to begin chapter 5 today. We're continuing the message series, Too Good to be true, because sometimes when you think about the things of God, that's exactly how it feels. It's too good to be true. Today's message, we're going to talk about how to experience God's best for your life, no matter what. And so I begin with a question. In your faith journey, do you find yourself leaning more on fact, are more on your feelings. As, as you know, I, I've hung out in this kind of space all of my life. And for now a lot of years, I've been the pastor of, of a local church. And, and so I've noticed that people tend to lean one way or the other. In, in fact, online, we call them Theo bros, those guys that get so in their head, they're, they're so focused on doctrine and theology and discerning to get it right that, you know, feelings are always looked upon as bad. But I grew up in a home where my mom, her spiritual background was in the Pentecostal Holiness Church, and it's a little more expressive, a little more charismatic, and so experience your feelings were a big part of of your faith journey. What about you? Where where do you tend to lean? Romans chapter 5 reminds us of an important truth. It teaches us that what we believe about Jesus really should impact how we feel about life. In other words, our faith journey involves facts that then produce feelings. God wants you to experience his best for your life. But his best is not just what you feel like it should be. 
His best is not based on how you feel at any particular time, nor is it based on the circumstances or the situations in your life. His best is based on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary that's made available to you by God's grace alone through faith alone in who he is. That's his best for your life. So as we think about that today, I want us to pray again. And I want us to all just ask God to help us walk away with his best. And so we do different things just to aid us in our prayer journey from time to time. Today, I wonder if you might just hold out your hands, just the open palms before God. And really we're saying, God, I'm open-handed here before you. Just fill me with your best. Would you do that? Let's pray. Father, again, in the name of Jesus, it's so good to be with you. Oh, God, we have loved our time singing praise to your name, celebrating who you are, and now we get to hear directly from you as we read your word. So speak to our open ears. Give us those things we need to have. Teach us the things we need to learn. Make us more like you, Jesus. That's what we want so that we may have your best. Don't take away our satisfaction with mediocrity and Take, take away those feelings of complacency. Lord, I pray for that Christ follower today that's just kind of been following at a guilty distance like Peter. Lord, may today be a renewing moment in their faith journey. And, and Lord, I pray for that person that doesn't know you. May this be the beginning, the start of their relationship with you, Jesus. But for all of us, we just want to, wait, we want to walk away changed. Uh, So, Lord, let the words that I say and even my thoughts, make it be pleasing to you and pointing to you because, God, you are my strength. It's in you that I stand. And, Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. This is the word of God. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Let's say that together. Let's say Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This passage begins with that word, therefore. You know what we say. Anytime you see therefore in Scripture, you need to look and say, what is that therefore? But it's more than that in the book of Romans. We're taught by theologians that there are four therefores in the book of Romans that that literally tell us that whole everything we need to know about our salvation, about what it means to be saved, to be saved justified. The first of those 
is in Romans chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. This, therefore, reminds us of our condemnation. And that's not fun to talk about, but that's, that's part of the message of Scripture, is that because of who we are, we are born not as just a good person. We are born condemned. The Bible goes on to say in Romans chapter 3 that all of us have sinned and we've fallen short of God's desire. In fact, his demand. In Romans 8, though, we see this surprisingly reversed. Romans 8 begins in verse 1. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Aren't you grateful for that truth? If you're in Christ, there's no condemnation. Say no condemnation. That's a big shift from where we were because what we had just learned was about condemnation. And now we see there's no condemnation. And I can't wait to get to Romans 8. It's like the Mount Everest in the Bible of all of Scripture. And it's packed full of good truth. But then there's another, therefore, in Romans chapter 12, it says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if Romans 3 tells us about our condemnation And Romans 8 says there's no condemnation. Romans 12 says there needs to be dedication and transformation. But how do we get from Romans 3 to Romans 12? That's what happens in Romans 5. Because Romans 5 talks to us about justification. Look at it again. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember what justification is? The meaning of the word is found even in the sound of the word. So we're justified. That means we're made just as if I never sinned. God takes what was stained by sin and he cleanses it. He saves us. We've learned that there are three stages to salvation, right? I'm justified. That's when I am saved. But I am also being sanctified. So I'm being saved. That's how I'm being transformed into the image of Christ. And one day, thank you, Jesus, I will be glorified. I will be saved. Aren't you thankful for the promise of heaven and the hope that we have in eternity? Well, when we're justified, we're saved from the penalty of sin. When we're sanctified, we're saved from the power of sin. And when we're glorified, we're saved from the presence of sin. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. I'm so excited about a time 
when we'll never have to worry about sinning anymore. I get so frustrated with myself because I feel like I commit the same sins again and again. But there is coming a day when we'll be saved from the presence of sin. But what Scripture teaches us is this entire process is transforming us. We're made into a new creation. We're different. And so in chapter 5, Paul's moving from these first four chapters where he's had argumentation for the gospel, and, and we're beginning to see a celebration of the gospel. In other words, the difference that the gospel makes in our lives. So here's a question for you. What difference is all this making in your life? That's what the world wants to know. If they hear from you that this is something they should experience, why? In in this particular church, man, we have thousands of members. In, In fact, I was just thinking as we gathered in this space to pray yesterday, man, if if all of those on our membership roles on any of our campuses showed up, our, our services would not be able to contain them. That doesn't happen, though, because it, it seems like for some that profess to have a relationship with Christ and, and claim to be a part of his church, it, it doesn't really make a difference in how they live. And so we think about that just in the sinful choices maybe that we commit. But the reality is there are other ways to look at this. This relationship with God should allow me to experience him in such a way that it changes me. It's different. So I want to ask again, what difference is the gospel making in your life? Romans 5 begins with this truth in verse 1. The biggest change is that we have peace with God. Did you know you need to have peace with God? This isn't a feeling. This isn't like, man, it's so peaceful. Or like, hey, peace, dude, groovy. No, peace with God is the recognition that you and I are born at war with God. Do you understand that? It's not what some of us have been taught, that, that you're born just one of God's children, that everybody's a child of God. That's not true according to Scripture. It's also not true that you were born inherently good. and No, you're born bad, and you're born at war with God. The Bible even goes as far as to say that you're his enemy. But something's changed here. Because you've been justified... Because Jesus makes it just as if you never sinned, you're no longer at war with God. You have peace with God. The war ceases. Peace is declared. Isn't that good? You can have peace with God. That's why in Philippians 4, the apostle Paul says that there's more outflow of that in your life. When he says, be anxious for nothing, But in everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And listen to this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will then guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. 
But you can't have the peace of God until you first have the peace with God. Some of you want the peace of God, but the reality is you've never had the peace with God. And so you wonder, why don't I feel like I want to feel when you've never in faith turned to God and trusted in the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sin? Feelings are not bad. They're part of the way God created us. But our relationship with God cannot be based on feelings. So how about you? I've noticed people try a lot of things to give them peace. Some people just put on candles and then ask Alexa to play spa music. Other people just like a long walk on the beach. That's like therapy. Some people think drinking a glass of whiskey or taking some other kind of drugs or other alcohol will bring them peace. But but that tells me that your understanding of peace is different than the scriptural understanding of, of peace. What, what God is saying is that feelings are based on facts. And, and so that feeling of peace that you have has to be based not just on something that's changed in your environment, but something that is factually true, something that you are believing in. And you know what I've learned? Too many people are basing their belief on how they feel. So it looks like this. I don't feel like God loves me. So he must not be real. I don't feel like God cares. So this must not be true. But scripture teaches that when we do that, we've got it backwards. We should base our feelings on what we know to be truth. God's word teaches us to believe our way into feeling. Because I know that Jesus will never leave me, I know I'm not alone. Because I know that Jesus promised to forgive me, I can walk in the freedom by his grace. Because I know that God loves me, I know that he will not let me go. Peace. But peace is not the only thing we experience. Look on in verse 2. Through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Did you hear what we gain? We gain access. <laughs> That's kind of how I expected you to respond. Because you don't understand how big a deal that is. Do you know why we needed access? Do you know what the Jewish person who's hearing the Apostle Paul teach these words or have these words read would, would, would understand? They would know that all of their life they've been taught they can't get close to God. In fact, when they were raised in that temple culture, they were separated from God by a literal curtain. But when Jesus died on the cross, an amazing thing happened. You know what happened? Listen to Matthew 27, verse 51. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. Why was it torn from top to bottom? Because God wanted there to be no doubt who tore the veil. He wanted you to understand that he was the one that took away any separation and gave you the opportunity to have access to him. So now you hear that you have access to God. That's significant because access changes everything. A couple years ago, I, 
I went to Washington, D.C., and I took a White House tour. Did you know if you're a citizen of this country, you can take a White House tour? You can go in the home of the President of the United States. You, you can even stand and right behind you are important places. It's a big deal. That's just a tour. But on that same trip, they gave me a badge. And because I had on that badge, I was able to stand right outside the West Wing. And, and just off to my side in this picture were the presidential limos. That, that badge gave me a whole nother level of access. I experienced that years ago when I worked in Washington, D.C. for our, our U.S. Senator in South Carolina. I worked in Russell Senate office building for Strom Thurmond. And man, you could walk around those halls. And it's, it's amazing who you would see. I, I, I walked along the hallway as the vice president was walking by. I, I, I walked with and got on the elevator with famous senators and with news personalities. But you could do that too. The Senate office building is open to anyone. In fact, you can go knock on... Marco Rubio or Rick Scott's door, they, they may not have time to see you today, but you can go in there. <laughs> but because I work for Senator Thurman, I got to do something else. Did you know that at the bottom of the Senate office building, there's a tunnel system that connects the Senate office buildings to the Capitol? And there's a train that runs between the two. And because I had, listen to this, a badge, I had access to the train and I was a nobody. I mean, I was a young man who knew nothing. But you better believe I wore that badge proud. And I walked, and I walked right by security. And I just sat on, the, sat on the train like I was a U.S. senator. I had access. Are you beginning to understand how it changes things? A couple of weeks ago, I, I went to the Queen's Castle. <laughs> I, I went to Windsor Castle. And, and as we got there, I, I noticed something very important, the royal flag was flying. And you know what that means? The queen was there. The queen was at the castle. And, and, and I went on a tour of the castle. You can go on a tour of the castle. Anybody, you buy a ticket, you can go on a tour of the castle. But I didn't have access. And so the best I could do is look through the window and and look over to the queen's apartment and know that somewhere over there, the queen was hanging out. See, access changes everything. And the Bible says that when you are justified, when you begin that relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ alone, by his grace, you gain Access. Now listen to that verse again. Through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. What is the grace? In this case, grace is not God's mercy for our sinful choices. Grace is simply his favor. It's what we all des desire to experience from someone we look up to. It's what every child wants. To know that their parents are proud. This week, two of our boys started college. Um, I wrote each of them a note. And um, you know what I told both of them in that note? I'm so proud of you. I, I really think every child wants to know that their daddy's proud. 
It's the same thing an athlete wants to hear from their coach. Man, you're doing a great job. That was an awesome play. It's, it's what every student wants to hear from a teacher. That was, you knocked it out of the park. What a great grade you got on that test. It's what everyone wants to hear from anybody that they're looking up to. You want to have their favor. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, not only do you have peace with God, you've got access into the presence of God. And by faith, you get to have his favor. And you know what that does? What does it say? It helps you to stand. Some of you came in kind of wobbly. You're hardly walking through the church doors because this week has knocked you around. You, you don't know how you're going to make it through. And yet he is giving you the ability to stand because he's saying, hey, what more could you want? You've got peace with me. You've got access to me. And you have my favor. Isn't that good news, church? Isn't that great? When we respond... When we respond to the gospel by faith alone and Christ alone, through grace alone, we gain access into the favor of God. And He is for us. God is for us. So what could be against us? That's what I want you to think about. When you're going through difficult moments, remember, God is for you. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.